Well, hey, good morning. Welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is awesome to be here because, well, quite frankly, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and the Kansas City Chiefs are in, I don't know if you knew that or not. Today is Super Bowl Sunday, and the Kansas City Chiefs are in the, I'm, I'm pretty excited. I don't know about you, uh, but I'm even more excited because we are here not so that we can root on the Chiefs, although it looks like we're pretty good for that, uh, but because we get, a, get to serve a God who is greater than all of the rivalries on the planet that loves even Eagles fans that are far from God uh, and, and draws us near, maybe, maybe, maybe that was too far, I I'm just kidding, guys. So whether you're joining us online or in person, we're just glad you're here. Uh, Whether you are somebody that's been here for years and years, or if you are brand new, you are welcome here. We're excited that you are with us because we believe that God is doing a work in us, that we're not waiting for a movement from God. We're experiencing God's movement right here and right now, that God is drawing us together so that we can be the people that God wants us to be, so that we can go into the world, love people where they are, and share love and grace with everyone we meet, regardless of their football affiliations or any of that, that we can really be the people that God wants us to be, that we can love them well. And and we're in a brand new sermon series. We started it last week called Not In It to Win It, which is based on a book by uh, the author and pastor Andy Stanley. Um, And and last week we said, you know, this is going to chafe a little bit uh, because there are some political undertones in the world right now. And so we're going to deal with some of that. Uh, I just want you to know that I'm not going to be up here trying to tell you who or how you should vote. That's between you, God, and whatever whatever understanding you have. What I want us to realize is that the reason we need to address it is, quite frankly, everything right now is politicized and polarized. Everything that you see on TV almost is is over the top. Either it's telling you what you deserve but can't afford or telling you how the other people in the world are trying to do you wrong. And, And what's really hard with this is none of us like it. None of us are like, yes, let's hate on those people because quite frankly, most of us agree with everybody else on everything. And, and, and before you think, oh no, I don't agree with them because they're wrong. Uh, let's, let's take a look. There was a 2021 study done by Harvard Business School. And, and in this study, they found out these things. Eight out of 10 Americans believe that without our freedoms, America is nothing. That's 80%. I wish we could get 80% of people to agree on many things. Uh, But this is one that's core. What's crazy is then we go 93% of people say the right to privacy is important. We all seem to agree on the fact that uh, the right to education and racial equality matters. 92% of us and 7 out of 10 of us, 70%, believe that we have more in common with one another than not. And so the question is, what's the problem? Why are we so divided and divisive? Why, why are we so uh, unhappy with others? What fuels the tension in America? In a word, fear. Fear is what is motivating us to find an us or them mentality. Fear is the fuel that is empowering us to think that other people are less because their viewpoints are different. Than us. And, and quite frankly, media is helping to bolster that thought because fear 
cells. Fear is motivating, more motivating than almost any other form of, of information passing. Fear gets you to say it's almost twice as, as motivating as any other kind of information. And, and media companies understand that, and they get engagement with fear. People like their channels or, or subscribe to their news channels or leave their news channels on all the time so that they can hear what's coming down the pipe, and, and fear draws followers. And, and, and like I said, almost twice as, as easy to, it's twice as effective to use a fear tactic over trying to, to just tell something that doesn't involve fear. And we've all seen this. I mean, we, we've, we've been able to witness it for the past few years uh, on TV or, or just in the world around us. And most of us know this to be true, even though sometimes we don't want to, uh, to admit that we recognize that it's true, but we understand that fear motivates us. The problem is that fear motivates us to shut our minds to others. Fear motivates us to shut our hearts to others, to withdraw our hands from others because they are different or because we are afraid of them. Fear makes us smaller. And quite frankly, fear makes us ineffective in our mission and ministry for Jesus Christ. We saw this through 2020. Uh, tons, of, tons of information, tons of time. We saw fear over our freedoms being taken from us. These were the language that was used, that our freedoms are being taken from us. We, we saw it over masks and vaccines, whether or not we were going to be vaccinated or not. And what was really crazy is churches jumped into the fray. They were like, we're going to sue the government because they're making us wear masks and things like that. I have a buddy who is at a church locally, and he, uh, he had a guy, they had just opened back up for Wednesday night services. And he had a guy that showed up at his church, uh, and, and he knew that he didn't know him. And so my buddy walked over and was like, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm the pastor here. And, and the guy asked him, is this one of those vaccinated churches? Like, like I, 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 honestly, I don't know what that really means, other than uh, does everybody here have to have a vaccine? And, and my buddy said, hey, you know what? Uh, I've been vaccinated because I, I think it's important but not everybody has that's here, and you know, you're welcome here. And the guy was like, I need to pray for you because you've received the mark of the beast. I am not even making this up, y'all. Like, he was condemned to hell because he had received the vaccine. And, and, and this is the kind of place that we've gotten to. And this isn't just 2020. We've seen this keep coming right along with us. Now we are uh, a few years past 2020, and we're still seeing some of the, the craziness in this. And, and in politics, uh, and again, I'm not telling you how to vote. I, I want you to understand that whatever side you're on, if you're on one of the outside sides, which almost everybody seems to be, then, then we need to move a little bit closer to the end because what we believe is that if they win, whoever you're voting, I don't care if you're libertarian, if they win, then we are going to lose our freedoms. And, and 2020 demonstrated very clearly for us that we are involved in what has been coined, uh, the phrase has been coined, is a culture war. A culture war. Uh, a culture war, this is by James Davidson Hunter, a culture war is a dispute between groups who hold fundamentally different views of the world. 
Uh, y'all want a fun example instead of just feeling like we're just going to beat each other up uh, over this, the course of this? Everybody want a fun example? Okay, let's have some fun. There is this thing that is going on today, which we have already acknowledged. It is a bowl that will be super. Uh, do we agree? Yes. There are also these people that usually most of them reside in and around the city of Philadelphia, also known as the city of brotherly love. Today, it's known as the city of confusion because they believe that the eagles of Philadelphia should be victorious over the chiefs of Kansas City. Now, now it, it's great. Like, they believe that if tomorrow their team wins today, which it will not, uh, but if, if tomorrow their team won today, that the world would be a fundamentally better place. Now, we, who are more enlightened and love Jesus, uh, I'm just kidding, you guys. I'm just playing. Uh, but we who are more enlightened and love Jesus, that, that we recognize that if, if the Chiefs win, that that, that is going to make tomorrow a better day. Right? And here's the thing. When culture is, is divided over a football team, it's fine. Because in honesty, if the Eagles win tomorrow, I don't feel like they're going to come and take my rights or my liberties away. But if I am afraid that if somebody wins something, that they will come and take my liberty away, that's when a culture war goes sideways. And we all pay a price for that. Because we believe that whatever the cost, we will have to pay it so that we can be victorious. It doesn't matter who gets hurt or who gets damaged in the process. It just matters that we win. Because if we don't win, then they win and they will take whatever it is from us. Andy Stanley says the problem with a culture war is that there aren't just winners and losers, there are casualties. Men and women and children that are on the sidelines that find themselves injured, hurt, and abandoned because of their beliefs. Now, let's get this straight. We, all of us, everybody in here, I'm guessing, would agree that we don't have to all have the same mindset. It would be very boring if everybody agreed with me. Uh, my guess is you recognize that yourselves. And yet, and yet, when it comes to politics or when it comes to something along those lines, we are overly concerned that other people don't agree with us. And if they don't agree with us, they're wrong because they're coming for our liberties. And people caught in the crossfire are damaged and hurt on the sidelines. And the truth is, if we choose to demonize and alienate people who have different views than us, we're choosing to a, a side that is in opposition to Jesus. Let's let that soak in for a minute, because that's not easy to hear for anybody. If we choose to demonize and alienate people who have different views than us, we are choosing a side that is in opposition for Jesus. And, and here's what I mean. I'm not saying that we need to all believe everything and get along together, but when we put them on the other side and we are willing to do whatever it takes to be victorious over them, we are sacrificing the ability to have a relationship and share love and grace with that person. Because maybe we believe they've received the mark of the beast. Or we believe that they have done something that is going to be in opposition. To, All this is because of fear. We, we don't like to say it like that. Nobody wants to admit it. We don't, we don't want to be afraid because we're Americans. We don't fear anything. But the truth is, that's what's propelling this animosity between people 
Not, I, I'm not worried even about politics. I just mean between people. Now you can see it on Facebook when somebody understands some, some surgical procedure differently. I'm not even talking about something that has to do with anything that's popular, but if you're having foot surgery, somebody's going to be out there that says, well, you should just pray about it instead of getting surgery. You know, <laughs> like, why do we have to be at odds? Why can't we just get along in the words of Rodney King? Let's just all get along. It would be great. And so what do we do? I want us to borrow a couple of steps from our brothers and sisters in recovery. Uh, at Celebrate Recovery, they have this mindset of a, a step program, just like Alcoholics Anonymous, except Celebrate Recovery does not say it's for addiction. It's for hurts, habits, and hang-ups, stuff we all have. And their step one is this, admit there's a problem. That's pretty simple, uh, but it's profound. When we admit, hey, maybe, maybe maybe there's some fear there. Maybe there's some concern. Maybe I'm buying in to this a little bit more than I should. And then the second step is to believe that there's hope. And if our problem is fear, the one and only hope we have is God. I don't know if you realize just how much God works through Scripture telling us to not be afraid. Uh, every time a human interacts with an angel, do not fear right? Why? Because, oh my gosh, it's an angel. It would be something to be afraid of. Uh, but God, before all of that, is like, hey, I want y'all to understand, I've got you. And so he spends time and time again telling us not to be afraid. As a matter of fact, in, in the first five books of the Bible, in the Pentateuch, the law of Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, it says this, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Uh, this is to the children of Israel who are about to go and take the promised land. They're going to literally go to war. And what has God said? Do not be afraid. Not, not I'm going to go with you and we're going to be buddy-buddy. No, I will go ahead of you and I will make the way prepared for you. God is with us. And when we think through the, the reality of who God is and what God is offering to us, we can start to recognize that, hey, maybe our fear is more something hanging on from our past than it is something that we are promised in our future, in our relationship with Jesus. Uh, the prophet Isaiah, when the Israelites are, are being carted off into exile, the prophet Isaiah offers these words, don't be afraid for I am with you. Do not be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I, I love that language because when Isaiah is saying that, he's not saying, hey, God's going to make you strong enough to make it through. No, God's saying, I will build a foundation beneath you that is so strong that nothing can overcome it. That I am going with you and I will hold you up the entire time, not just for a moment, but for the entire time, I will hold you up with my strong right arm. The arm of power, the way that God holds us and carries us through. And, and, and we're not in it alone because God, God will strengthen us. This is the same God that put the heavens in motion, that created the heavens and the earth and, and started life itself. And, 
And we struggle sometimes with what we're going to be afraid of or what we're going to lean into. In the Psalms, the psalmist writes this, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble and the waters surge. Like, let's, let's hear that. Real quick, God is saying, even when the foundations of the earth that holds you up crumbles, do not be afraid. When the mountains fall into the sea, I don't know about you, but watching the stuff going on in Syria and Turkey, and I'm just like, how can they not be terrified? Because their world has just been turned upside down. And God says, don't be afraid because I've got you. And so this is the reality that God is offering to us. When we come into relationship with Jesus, it's not so that we have a little bit better life. It's so we have a brand new life in Him. It's so that we can live boldly for the kingdom, not timidly and afraid of what might happen if somebody else wins something, but instead that we live for King Jesus who nobody can overcome. Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give, I give as, as a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The gift Jesus is talking about is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus gives the gift of peace in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when we lean into our relationship with God, something funny starts to happen in our concern for the world. If we're all in for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the things that are happening in the world around us aren't as big a deal because we know who wins ultimately. When the pandemic was in the middle of all the confusion and chaos and everything every day was different, the one thing that I would say when I came into work would be, uh, Jesus is still on the throne. Why? Because I need to remind myself that in the middle of all the craziness, which is not making me happy, that God is still on his throne that there is no, no reason to be afraid that tomorrow will not be a better day in Jesus Christ. And the author of Hebrews says this, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So, who, we, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can people do to me? What can people do to me? If God is really God, if we really believe all that we're saying, we can recognize a couple things. One, God understands our fear. God gets it. He, he understands why we're afraid, who we're afraid of, and all of that. But God says, hey, I really am with you. And so if you really believe in the God that created the heavens and the earth. And that same God sent Jesus into the world, not just so that we could have a little bit of comfort, but so that we could have a brand new kingdom that we are a part of, so that we could be invited into the family, not of all humanity, but of God himself. So that we are invited to God's family. Then what is it, what is it that truly drives our fear? Fear of financial change, fear of safety and security, fear of what comes next. Jesus actually talks about all of those. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries 
on its own. It's so much easier to say than it is to live out. Being fearful, feeling fearful, drives us in the opposite direction of what the kingdom is all about. Being fearful is what actually the Pharisees and the Sadducees were doing, that they were so afraid of sin that anybody that could have possibly sinned was pushed out of the community. And Jesus comes and he's like, I want all of those that are hurt and broken to come to me. And I will give you rest and peace. I'll give you my burden and it will be better And so the questions that I want us to ask, and honestly, after the first service, one of the people came up and was like, hey, if anybody says no to any of the questions you're going to, you're asking, uh, maybe you should ask them to come forward afterwards. So like, not, not so that you can be called out, but so that we can have a conversation about why. So here's the realities that, that we struggle with. Can human will thwart God's plan? Is there any person in existence that can thwart the plan of God. I mean, the earth, tri- the world tried as hard as it could to beat Jesus. They executed him. And three days later, God brought him back, uh, resurrected and brand new. So the, the question, the answer is no, that no human can thwart God's plan. Can someone being elected bring about the downfall of God's kingdom? Absolutely not. Can broken circumstances remove your name from God's book of life? No. Can any human effort remove God's love for you? The reality is that fear is a faith statement or a lack of faith statement. There's a, <laughs> there's a great scene in the New Testament where Jesus asks a guy that's looking for healing, Jesus says, hey, uh, do you believe And the guy says, yes, I believe. Help my unbelief. And I think we could all lean into that and say, God, help us to believe more more fully in who you are and the reality of what you are so that we can not be afraid, so that we can live boldly in the kingdom of Jesus Christ as banner bearers for Jesus himself, that we are the hands and feet not to withdraw from the world, but instead to go into the world, making disciples of all nations, not just those that agree with us. All nations, even those crazy people on the other side of whatever aisle you find yourself in, even those crazy fans that like Philadelphia, that we can embrace them and say, Jesus has a better future in mind for all of us, not just for us without you, but for us together. And then, then when, we're, when we're at a place where we're feeling pretty good, let's, let's admit when we're afraid of what's going on in the world around us. God, I don't understand. God, why is this happening? Admit it. And then ask for God's help. Help me in this situation. Help me now when this is going on. Help me to understand. And then pay attention. This is the part that I struggle with the most. Maybe you're with me. Pay attention to how God helps because that'll allow you to say thanks and to recognize all that God has done in and through you in the world around you. I mean, we've all been caught up 
in this time. It's so crazy. Things are changing so rapidly. The world is just a, almost a brand new world every day. I wake up and I check the news to make sure we haven't, haven't all ended up going somewhere else. Uh, it's crazy. But the reality is that Jesus says, hey, I got you. And then Jesus demonstrated just how much he has us. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So let's let culture war with itself. And let's choose to have faith in God, to love God above all else, and to allow God's love to be poured out on the world around us through us so that we can make a difference for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Holy One, we need you. All joking aside, all confusion and anger and animosity aside, help us. Help us by the power of your Holy Spirit, because it's not our will alone, but you within us that makes us more like Jesus. So fill us up with your Holy Spirit so that we can love others boldly, so that we can make a difference in the community of faith, so that we can carry your love and light out to others. Because the reality is, when we look at others and say, well, that person is an idiot, that you say, yeah, they're my idiot, and so are you. And so help us to recognize that we are just as broken, we are just as confused, we are just as much in need of you as everyone is in the world, and that we require you to make it through. So be with us by the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. Transform us from the inside out and make us so filled up with your love that nothing stands in our way so that we can be part of your kingdom building activity here on earth right now in the middle of the most confusing time that I can remember so that we can love well those even that are far from you so that we can share love and grace with everyone we encounter. We pray this in the name of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And all of us agreed and said,